Well, it's time for Radio Salon. This is our weekly discussion debate segment where we uh, pick apart a, a hot-button issue and get uh, various sides of uh, the argument. Uh, very pleased to have joining us our two panelists. Uh, first, independent legal researcher with Laquant LLC, Professor Chung Huang. Professor Huang, good morning. Morning, Henry. Also joining us, Dr. Pong Young-shik. He's a research fellow at Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies. Dr. Pong, good morning to you. Good morning. We're going to talk about uh, the prosecutorial investigations into these various lawmakers after the April 15th general elections. There is what is known as a statute of limitations, which is the time limit deadline to when you can actually indict uh, any of these uh, suspects uh, for prosecution. Uh, that deadline came and went last Thursday, and we saw a uh, flurry of new indictments on sitting lawmakers right now. Uh, the, the last count that I saw was that 11 are from the main opposition, 7 are from the ruling party, and we had a few uh, independent lawmakers who were also indicted as well as minor party uh, representatives. Dr. Pong, start us off. Um, what Uh, what is your initial reactions to the indictments? Well, initial reaction is that uh, if you want to uh, make sure uh, effective prevention of major problems and crimes in the society, you have to uh, make sure that you have good enforcement because it is uh, individual freedom to take any action uh, in pursuit of uh, their own self-interest, but their actions are subject to consequences, positive and negative. So if individual citizens will be very aware of the potential consequences of their action, uh, then it is uh, more likely for them to observe law and order mm. in advance because the con- expectation of consequences uh, would uh, make them more cautious about taking wrong course of action. So it's like nuclear weapons, good deterrent effect. Deterrent, right. 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 Deterrent. So, <gasps> You're so knowledgeable. I mean, You're getting into my... You know, realm of expertise. Right. Uh, that being said, we have 300 lawmakers usually in parliament, and it seems every year there's at least a couple dozen <laughs> that can indict. So, uh, it, it feels who are like not there, deterred. Yeah, there are, there are about 20, 30 lawmakers who uh, do not necessarily feel uh, that fear of uh, potential prosecution. Professor Huang, I mean, as someone who's followed these news cycles over the years, we know that this kind of deadline, like last Thursday, is always like a big political event because people are watching and we get kind of into our own teams and you have these kind of Uh, kind of figures of infamy or derision that you wish to see punished and I think both sides always get that and then there's always dissatisfaction and accusations of um, selective uh, prosecution or indictments. What do you make about this year? Because despite the big media attention paid to it, um, I think kind of similar to what Dr. Bong's point is that um, not as many indictments as maybe could have been expected, right? That's right. Um, So uh, uh, for the current National Assembly, which is 21st, as you mentioned in the beginning of the program, 27 have been indicted. You you can just, uh, you know, compare it back to the 20th National Assembly election, which was in 2016. At that that time, 33 of the uh, sitting lawmakers were indicted, and ultimately seven actually lost their seats. So just pure pure number-wise, the number has gone down, and the prosecutors actually have said that, you know, probably because of COVID-19, people were not campaigning as hard, so there probably were less, uh, you know, instances of violation. So that's why the overall numbers probably have gone down. Right. So the point is, 
um, have we all become cleaner as a society and uh, are the politicians less corrupt? The point is that, no, not necessarily. It was just because uh, COVID-19 and they weren't allowed to go into exactly. these various campaign places and engage in potential corruption that, that, that prevented as many in times. It's a sad reality, but I guess that's the point that the prosecution is making. Do you see, uh, Dr. Bong, any interesting um, in- indictments that we have here uh, with specific lawmakers, um, a lot of people point to, okay, from the ruling party side and supporters of the government and ruling party, uh, there have been some figures that they don't like. Um, this new representative, uh, first-term lawmaker, Cho Su-jin, former uh, editorial uh, official from Tonga Ilbo, and, and kind of very sharp-tongued, uh, kind of mm-hmm. very harsh in, in rhetoric, and uh, she did uh, kind of very controversially misstate her, her assets and, and, mm-hmm. and claimed that she had forgotten about that. That is one figure uh, that the ruling party side, uh, I guess, is happy about the indictment, although that was actually coming at the last minute and a lot of people had wondered if she would be indicted or not um on the ruling party side although they're independent now because they were basically pressured to get out of the party uh, because of these allegations kim ong the son of uh, former president kim dae-jung with real estate issues uh and also similarly uh yang jong-suk who uh rightly, right after the election really that controversy came upon her so we've seen kind of both sides what, what anything interesting to you at all or it does your expression no, no, I mean, indicate uh, th- that these uh, three cases you mentioned um case of uh, uh, lawmaker cho su-jin kim ong yang jong-suk um, all are of uh, great interest to me because I'm so envious of their wealth. Athet- assets, right? okay. I like to be in their place, but uh, I'm not saying this uh, to my uh, audiences out there, t h e out of personal envy or jealous, but you have to have a fair game. You mm-hmm. have to have the you know, fair game when it comes to election. I mean, you have to be, uh, demonstrate your qualification to serve public interest once you get elected for four years. But if you somehow neglect it or intentionally under-report your personal assets so that you hope to gain the hearts and minds of voters in your district Mm -hmm. by showing yourself as a humble person, then that is not a fair game. Yeah. So, well, so I'm, I'm not taking an issue for them to be It's not a punishment. Rich. They shouldn't be punished for being wealthy. No, no, no. But they should be I punished like for... I like to be punished. I like to be punished. Okay. You, Please you punish are, me. You seem to be I'm presenting not... yourself as a humble person that maybe could be a recruit for Kim Jong-un or as a future lawmaker or, or high, well, high-ranking you're, government you're official. You're making a, such a long, wild projection. Let's just stay with these cra- three cases. <laughs> I agree with you that uh, these people should not be held... Uh, responsible for uh, their property simply because they are rich. But it is about being candid and being, uh, um, yeah. you know, uh, participating in the fair game. Yeah, well, that, that is the case. There are uh, wealthier lawmakers who have been more transparent uh, in, in, in disclosing their assets. We've seen, you know, former CEOs and, and, and uh, executives of high-ranking uh, big companies that have certainly more wealth than these individuals. But in the case, uh, Professor Huang, just by the letter of the law, uh, the Kim Ong-gol case is interesting because he was kicked out of the party. He was sort of kind of a little defiant in regards to the charges. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but there's also been a dispute over the inheritance uh, from the, uh, uh, the, the DJ assets that he's had a, a squad, uh, a, a kind of a 
squabble with his siblings to that regard. Do you think the Kim Hong Gol case is instructive in terms of the prosecution using him as an example? This is what you not do with, with the real estate reportings. Or, or do you find any interest as well with the uh, Jo Soo Jin case? And are there any parallels there? Well, in terms of Kim Hong Gol, I, th- I found it interesting that he was kicked out of the party. Uh, you know, at that time, I mean, he's already headed by Yin Agyeon, who is actually former aide to former President Kim Dae-jung. So, you know, there was a you know, big speculation of, you know, would there be a, a big reconciliation between the so-called Dong which is the uh, former K- Kim Dae-jung's, you know, the, the camp versus the current uh, the Minju party. But, you know, the appearance of impropriety was enough that, you know, they just, you know, kind of handily kicked him off. I, th- I thought that was interesting. I think that's probably because uh, it has led to the fact that, you know, the, his eventual prosecution now hasn't stirred up as, ma- as much uh, news in, because, you know, he's been already been kicked out of the Minju party. Yeah, you do make an interesting point with uh, his kind of association just by uh, family lineage to that Dongyodong camp and sort of the old guard of the Democratic Party that used to be the main power base. But obviously, we've seen a transition from the Nomihan presidency and now to the Moon Jae-in presidency that certainly the, the party is now dominated. I, I don't believe there's necessarily factional feuding going on anymore because it just, just seems to be basically... Well, your... we saw the factional feuding when Park Ji-won and Moon Jae-in... Oh, sure, sure. But that, that element has largely been... Purge. Well, so I they, mean, they have been purged, but now the Park Joon is back as the you know, chief of the uh, National Intelligence Service. You know, there has been a lot of speculation. Will there be a reconciliation? But you know, for the time being, you know, that talk has died down. In in terms of your view, do you think that it's uh, Dr. Bong uh, easy to make this accusation that the politi- uh, the politicians are being scrutinized uh, depending on the prosecution's whim? So as you know, there's conservative side is going to say, oh, why are you guys attacking us so much? You've got 11 of our lawmakers that are being targeted, whereas the ruling party side will say, hey, it doesn't really make sense that these seven are being um, indicted on our side when they, they seem to have crimes that are not as egregious as at the other side. No matter what, the prosecution is going to be accused of political bias in this situation. And regardless of whether you think that this current prosecution is fair or unfair, uh, it's kind of a no-win situation for them. Well, it's a very subjective evaluation. Um, um, if you if the prosecutor's office is coming after you, then you tend to think that it is a exercise of the prosecutor's office whim, right? Not uh, because of the fair assessment of the whole situation. Uh, so it depends on um, you know the possibility whether you are the target of the prosecutor's you know uh, indictment or investigation, or the prosecutor's uh, investigation is toward your political. You know, opponents. Yeah. Um, so uh, the party members, I'm not just talking about the conservative party, the PPP, but also the ruling party members have complained that the prosecutor's office sometimes uh, to activists, but in other times they complained that the prosecutor's office were so passive. Mm. So it's a very subjective evaluation about the uh, purview of prosecutor's office activities. It's like prosecutor's office has the prerogative to select the case and dis- make a decision on indi- indictment, okay? Pro- it has a prerogative. It's had its own right. I learned this uh, difficult vocabulary from Britney Spears, prerogative, right? Well, that's originally the Bobby Brown song. You're talking about my prerogative, right? Okay. And it was anyway, remade by I learned it from Br- Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. I like Britney Spears better. So, uh, in analogy of baseball game, uh, Choi Ch- Ji-man beca- has become the first uh, Korean baseball player in a regular in a position as a fielder right. to advance to the World Series yes. you know, with the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Yes. Uh, he uh, made a spectacular plays in Game 7 
uh, once again. And we are going to have a Game 7 for National League, Dodgers versus Atlantic, uh, Atlanta Braves yes. this morning, 30 minutes later. So coaches and uh, uh, you know, managers can complain to the umpires, but it's the umpire's prerogative to make the final decision. We can always count on Dr. Bong to bring in other outside references like uh, Bobby, Bra- well, Britney Spears, Britney Spears and, not Bobby and Brown. my prerogative and Choi Ji Man and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, also, the second Incheon-born player to to make the uh, World Series after Yu Hyun Jin made the World Series uh, from uh, from Korea. But the reason why I break up, bring up the the prosecutorial uh, bias, which is the accusation on both sides, is uh, there was one. I just wanted to get your views on this, Professor Huang, uh, with your legal background. Uh, there was this one late, last-minute indictment uh, issued against Choi gang who is currently the chairman of the minor opposition Uri Minju Party. Uh, they are sort of like a splinter Democratic Party, kind of more aggressive uh, than the ruling party. But a lot of people felt that one was had a had lot of kind of... Um, political motivation behind it because Yoon Song-yeol is deemed to be very personally upset about uh, Choi Gong's constant attacks and drive for prosecutorial reform and criticisms against Yoon himself. And this is largely stemming, once again, dredging up the painful memories of all these allegations against uh, Cho Guk and this time specifically about the son and this internship that he had apparently done in uh, Seoul National University. Uh, do right. you, do you, I mean, do you, do you see how people feel that that could be a politically motivated indictment? I mean, of course. I mean, you know, this is the, the facts and you know, truth is sort of, you know, uh, hidden behind the, the high offices of the prosecutors. But, you know, given the history, I think, especially if you're, you know, sort of supporters of Choi gang or supporters of Cho Guk, I think it's is e- very easy to feel, you know, grieved and, you know, feel persecuted. Do you um, feel, Dr. Bong, that there is any... Um, symbolic sense with this because we talk about 11 lawmakers and we talk about seven lawmakers on the ruling party side hypothetically if all of these indicted um, lawmakers ultimately get convicted and they receive a high enough fine or they receive a high enough uh, jail prison sentence that they could lose is, uh, their seats uh, one million one right right one million one yeah and so um that could happen but uh, there's been so much media attention paid not so much on the ruling party side of losing seats because they have so many seats, but the fact that the uh, main opposition, PPP, has only 101 seats currently in parliament. So if they lose that, then they might even lose their status as a, a veto block against constitutional reform. Is that a real concern? Well, I don't think so, because the constitutional reform was already on the table for public discussion and deliberation two years ago in 2018. And uh, it didn't really gain much traction, so it uh, naturally died down. The constitutional revision, I, I think, should have something far more than just a sure number in the National Assembly that will enable the ruling party to pass the bill. The, there should be a very clear and persuasive mandate uh, in the eyes of the general public, not just the members of National Assembly, mm-hmm. for the current constitution to be revised. There must be set of a definitive and very significant reasons for it to be revised. And I'd like to uh, cite what uh, uh, Mr. Yushimin, the former uh, you know, Minister of uh, Labor, uh, once said when there was a heated uh, discussions between the political parties about potential constitutional revision in 2018. In response to a statement issued by a panelist representing the Conservative Party that the imperial nature of the uh, Constitution since 1987 
was largely responsible for the unfortunate suicide uh, by former President Noh Moo Hyun. The too much concentration of power at the disposal of the president was, uh, uh, had a lot to do with this tragedy. And in response to the statement, Mr. Yoo Shimin, uh, with anger, responded that Constitution had nothing to do with the suicide of former President Roh. It was the intention of the Lee Myung-bak administration to you know, um, put pressure and blame on former President Noh Moo-hyun. That led to his death. So if had the Constitution been a human being, the Constitution would have been so angry at this uh, liability and accusation, and the Constitution would just get up from the uh, ground and uh, slap uh, him in the face. Right, so... The, basically, the point is it doesn't matter whether they have 100 seats just, just say, or just, less than 100 right, two seats. Things. Just saying that the, uh, too much concession of power in the hands of the president uh, and the sheer fact the, uh, the ruling party would command the, uh, the enough number of seats in the National Assembly to pass the bill should not be considered a sufficient reason for constitutional reform. Yeah, and that's the other point here, uh, Professor Wong. Maybe you can clarify the timeline for this then. If we have these 20-odd lawmakers that are um, indicted and they are going to become now subsequently prosecuted and go through a court trial to address these charges, 1 million won threshold for the fine, any prison sentence as well, would uh, um, immediately have them stripped of their seats and then there would be an ensuing by-election to find their replacement. That being said, I know there's a lot of talk about, oh my gosh, the opposition can go under 100 seats. What's the timeline for that? Because it does feel like the way these prosecutions uh, generally take place, this could all be rendered moot, and all of this would be the decisions of these lawmakers' fates would be made after any debate of this current administration's term with constitutional reform. Am I correct in that assumption? Exactly. I mean, the, the prison sentence and the 100 million one that you, you mentioned, it has to be the final determination, which means that it has to go work, work along the legal uh, And they all procedure. appeal their cases all the way up exactly. to the Supreme Court, right? All the way up to the Supreme Court. And it, it typically takes about two years. So, you know, the, the fates of these you know, the lawmakers will not be finally determined in, in, uh, since, you know, the, only about slightly less than two years is left on the Moon administration's term. Term, it will not be a you know your actual determination will not be you know figured out. On the other hand, at the same time, I don't think this is this will be a huge uh, huge issue for the time being because one, it will take time for the Supreme Court decision to be actually rendered. Yeah. Two, there isn't really a big constitutional uh, amendment that you know Moon administration is really pushing for that is highly controversial. I mean, there you know, uh, you know as Dr. Bone mentioned in 2018, some of the uh, propo- all of the proposals were shut down, but it wasn't like the Moon administration was pushing that hard. I mean, this is compared to 2016 when, you know, right before the Treasuncia uh, scandal was breaking out, the Bakunev administration was actually pushing really hard about, you know, actually changing the entire constitutional system into parliamentary system. There was, you know, actually big, big talk. There was a special committee set up to pu- push it. Of course, you know, that talk just kind of uh, dissolved because of the Treasuncia scandal, but to, to, to the level of the constitutional amendment that, that, that's being, you know, being the, the discussed, there isn't really a, a, such a controversial topic on hand. That's interesting uh, with the Pakane example is because there seems to be um, a wonder of what the correlation or the sequence of events was. Was the constitutional re- reform derailed by the Chesun 
scandal or was that debate over constitutional reform simply put out there because of the c h e s h u s i n scandal to, to distract or uh, provide a smokescreen, right, for the public to talk about something else at that right. time? Right, but at, at least there was a lot, a lot more okay. you know, t- discussion and push to have, have a discussion about constitutional amendment at that time than compared to now. And uh, as uh, Dr. Bong, you've said, it's a political argument uh, whether, you know, 100 seats, 170 seats of whether you can make a political argument to convince the lawmakers for constitutional reform. You also have to uh, uh, have the public also support it uh, through a referendum. It doesn't seem like the, fa- the problem is whether the opposition has 100 seats to block it if they don't like this right. and you have to convince them or not. It's, it's a question of does the ruling party side have the 200 votes? They only have still 170. So it's not a question of whether there's less than 100. It's whether they can convince Justice right, Party right. and independent lawmakers to c- right. come join their vision. There must be a very strong and good reason to persuade the public that we need to reform constitution. I give you one. Um, the public will accept the idea of a constitutional reform if the reform bill will contain the clause that they're going to reduce the number of seats at National Assembly to 15. To 50? 1-5. <laughs> you think that that will be um, something everyone will support? The public will love that idea. Yeah, and there have been other proposals with term limits. I think Choi Gong-wook, we were just talking about him, he has proposed things along that line. So there's different ways that we can approach reform, and it doesn't necessarily always include constitutional reform. It does seem to say, as you look at this then, Professor Huang, that by all intents and purposes, and because it is known in the cliche as a political black hole, we're not going to see this be... Uh, gaining much momentum in the final uh, year or so of the uh, Moon presidency. So this is largely an academic discussion, uh, but the Moon is, administration probably will be prioritizing other things, especially uh, COVID-19 relief. I mean, it's p- possible that it maybe in a year's time, there is some controversial constitutional reform that the ruling party and the Moon administration might want to push for. I mean, c- currently, there is nothing on the horizon that's really controversial, anything that they, w- they want to push. But who knows? Something might pop up. And, you know, it might actually just coincide with the presidential election that will, that will be gearing up. And the fact that, you know, maybe you may, some, many of these lawmakers might actually get, you know, guilty sentences at the, you know, in the district court level or the appeals court. level so that, you know, the, the imminence of you know, losing seats might become reality. So this could really yeah. heat up in you know, about a year's time. But for the time being, it is kind of a, you know, very much of a dormant issue as I see it. Yeah, it does look like external events are going to probably uh, play a large role in uh, um, influencing this uh, situation. All right, Dr. Bong. Professor Huang, thank you both for joining us. Always appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for our program as well. Our producers are Kang Jin-soo, Kim Jae-sun. Writers are An Yu-jung, Song Eun-ji, and Song Yi-won. Coming up next, Life Abroad, hosted by Na Seung-yeon. We'll see you tomorrow at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.